Chapter Forty Four of The Fiend's Delight by Ambrose Bierce. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by April Six Zero Nine Zero. Tall Talk, a wingless insect. It would be profitable in the end if man would take a hint from his lack of wings and settle down comfortably into the assurance that midair is not his appointed element. The confession is a humiliating one, but there is a temperate balm in the consciousness that his inability to shave with level wing the blue epirine cannot justly be charged upon himself. He has done his endeavor, and done it nobly, but he'll break his precious neck. In Goldsmith's veracious History of Animated Nature is a sprightly account of one Nicholas, who was called, if our memory be not at fault, the man-fish, and who was endowed by his creator, the late Mr. Goldsmith aforesaid, with the power of conducting an active existence under the sea. That equally veracious and instructive work, The Arabian Nights Entertainments, peoples the bottom of old ocean with powerful nations of similarly gifted persons, while in our own day the man-frog has taught us what may be done in this line when one has once got the knack of it. Some years since, we do not know if he has yet suffered martyrdom at the hand of the fiendish white. There lived a noted Indian chieftain whose name, being translated, signifies the man who walks under the ground, probably a lineal descendant of the gnomes. We have ourselves walked under the ground in wine cellars. With these notable examples in mind, we are not prepared to assert that though man has as a rule neither the gills of a fish nor the nose of a mole he may not enjoy a drive at the bottom of the sea or a morning ramble under the subsoil but with the exception of peter wilkins's flying islanders whose existence we vehemently dispute and some similar creatures whom it suits our purpose to ignore there is no record of any person to whom the name of the man who flies over the hills may be justly applied we make no account of the shallow device of mongolfier nor the dubious contrivance of, of marriott a gentleman of proper aspirations would scorn to employ either as the man-frog would reject a diving bell or the subterranean chieftain would sneer at the monsigny tunnel these weak inventions only emphasize our impotence to strive with the subtle element about and above they prove nothing so conclusively as that we can't fly a fact more strikingly proven by the constant thud of people tumbling out of them to a titan of comprehensive ear who could catch the noises of a world upon his single tippetum as hector caught argive javelins upon his shield the patter of dropping aeronauts would sound like the gentle pelting of hailstones upon a dusty highway so thick and fast they fall it is probable that man is no more eager to float free into space than the earth if it would be sentient is to shake him off but it would appear that he and it must like the siamese twins consent to endure the disadvantages of a mutually disagreeable intimacy we submit that it is hardly worth his while to continue larding the lean earth with his carcass in the vain endeavor to emulate angels whom in no respect he at all resembles 
End of chapter 44